Bonjour, bonsoir, and welcome to the rendezvous. I'm Simon, and with us tonight, the very charming divorce expert and matrimonial lawyer, my friend Vicky Ziegler. Bonjour. Hi, Simon. How are you? You know, I am now luckily and by miracle on FYI every Tuesday night. I know you watched the first segment in bed with Simon. I thought it was phenomenal, and I think everybody should be tuning in, honestly, on their couch every Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. We do it. It's going to get more fun and more fun. And and part of being on FYI, Vicky, is that it gives me access to real people to talk about things and topics that we often talk on the rendezvous, but also now on the TV show. And that's why I love being on this big bed on inside a mall in Chicago. One little question, and I want to talk about the seven-year itch. You're a divorce lawyer. You are the divorce lawyer, not one, mm -hmm. the divorce lawyer. Do you find couples go to you, do you think that seven years itch is a reality or a myth? I think it's a reality in most cases. I think after really? people, yeah, they get married, they're, you know, going through their honeymoon phase, they have children, young children are very difficult to deal with when you're mm -hmm. working and multitasking and still trying to keep intimacy alive. And then all of a sudden, five years goes by, six years, seven, and you say to yourself, wow, We've denigrated our relationship. We haven't respected each other. We fight all the time. We don't communicate properly. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in love True. with you anymore. And I think it happens more often than not. I think there's some studies about it. Um, so I think not for everybody, but I think generally speaking, if you can meet that seven-year itch and, and take it to the next level and stay married after that, mm -hmm. I think you've definitely made a, a strong hurdle and sure. strive during sure. your marriage. I agree with you. And you're the expert, Vicky, on this one, because as a divorce lawyer, you see the timing of this. So we'll be right back. And we come back, we're going to talk more about this seven-year itch uh, with uh, Vicky and Simon. You're listening to The Rendezvous. You're listening to The Rendezvous. Simon, Vicky's in the house. Vicky Ziegler, the divorce expert, co-hosting The Rendezvous with me. We're talking about seven years itch because I'm part now also of FYI, the wonderful TV channel, who has a show called Seven Year Switch. And if you don't know what that is, they have invented the concept where couples who are on the edge of divorce or separation, they say, okay, you know, we're going to mix you with somebody exactly like you. Basically, so if you're a control freak and you have somebody, you know, your actual spouse is not, well, the control freak is going to be for two weeks married to another control freak. If you have a party person, you know, is going to be married to a party person and so on. And then you'll finally realize what is it to be married with you. And I'm working on it. It's really exciting. Um, but I want to go back to the seven-year itch and the timing of this. Vicky, you're a divorce attorney, maybe the best in the country. I'd like to know what's the soonest after being married a client came to you and why? And what do you see time-wise after the first year, second year? What is going down? Mm, great questions. So I think the shortest marriage that I've ever divorced was 30 mm -hmm. days. 30 days at Britney Spears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I think Kim Kardashian was 72, but um, uh, Britney Spears annulled it, I think, within like two weeks. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, this is, to me, it's fascinating because this couple, they were in their early 30s, but they were dating for four years. So then they get married, right? Yeah. They've known each other. They know each other's families. They're in love. At least they mm -hmm. perceive to be love, not lust. They get married mm -hmm. and they, they're in the house and they're saying to their, each other, oh my God, I don't want to be married to you. What did Are we you do? Are you serious? 
Yeah, and you think to yourself, you had all this time to maritally plan, build a strong foundation. You wanted this. You've been together. You've been monogamous, and now it, it's imploding. So people feel restricted. They feel like, oh, my God, I've now given up myself for this other person, and it's scary to know that this may be the only person you're ever going to be with again. And people right. freak out, and they run. And that's exactly what happened. They become commitment-phobic. They think they want the commitment, oh. but as soon as it happens— they are like the walls are crashing in and they need to run. So, you know, for a lot of the clients that I've seen, that's that's yeah. rare. Uh-huh. But the first 12 months, if they didn't live together and all of a sudden they're thrust into a home <laughs> together. Oh, yes. wait, the toothpaste cap, the toilet seat. Are you clean? <laughs> are you dirty? I mean, Simon, these are the things that people fight over in the beginning of marriage. And it's really rocky. You know, Vicky, um, and we'll come right back to this, but I want to ask you about those things, what you discover when you're living with somebody and what should we you know, expect from each other there? Because it's a key rule. Should we or should we not live together before we get married? This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky, and we are talking about the seven-year itch when things get itchy in relationships. And Vicky Ziegler knows more than any of this because she's a divorce lawyer, the American divorce lawyer to go to. And so we're talking about that, and we have Jesse on the line. Jesse, what happened? So you were able to survive this seven-year itch? Barely. Barely. Yeah, it was really, you know, my wife and I, we had a really rough patch there for a while, and um, it was really bad. I mean, uh, we fought all the time over everything, and Uh the love just didn't feel like it was there anymore. Um, So, yeah, we definitely didn't think we would make it through. And then what happened? Um, My wife eventually, you know, we sat down and we talked and she convinced me that we needed to go to therapy. Ah, And basically going to therapy enabled us to uh, communicate better on a higher level and um, to really understand each other um, and what our quabs were and, you know, where, where we were going with the relationship and how we got there. And, you know, we had to do a look back and say, hey, okay, this is what made us great. Mm-hmm. And this is why we fell in love. And this is why we wanted to be together in the first place. And where did we lose that along the way? I, you know? Listen, I, I think it's a great advice. I think Vicky will agree with me on this one, that therapy can help so many of us. When there is a problem, instead of fighting, instead of yelling, instead of go seek help. You you have a headache, you go see a doctor, you have a heartache, go see a shrink or a couple of therapists. Vicky, you agree with me? 100%. I think without getting the tools necessary to figure out what went wrong and remembering why you fell in love in the first place and actually walked down the aisle was crucial to your rehabilitation and for you to mm-hmm. kind of put the band-aids on, whip them off, be honest, talk about the dialogue and then get back to business of being in love and, you know, staying on track for a healthy long-term marriage. It's a great story, Vicky. I totally agree with you. Jesse, thank you so much for calling The Rendezvous. We'll be right back. This is Simon and Vicky. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. And we're talking about what you love at first when you meet somebody sometimes ends up by being what you hate the most, you know, years later down the road. Now, do you think, Vicky, that there's one thing your husband did at the beginning that you loved that years later you really dislike and and things switch from... At first, being so cute end up by being so annoying. <laughs> oh, God. I don't yes. know. You know what? Listen, I mean, I, we have this thing where, you know, I used to I give him a back rub and then I stand on his back 
and he likes mm-hmm. me to crack it. He oh, you know, wow. it used to be fun. Now he says I don't do it right and I'm rushing and now I'm like I do it and he's like get off <laughs> and we have like a little it's always like a little tiff over this back rub thing and this me walking on his back cuz he says I don't do it and I have bony feet. I mean I have small nice delicate feet. So I don't know what the problem is, but that's that's kind of our issue. It's a great example. I, I'll, I'll give you the advice. No more walking on it. Just stick to the rubbing rubbing the back. But that's a great example for Vicky. Thank you so much, Vicky. That's a great one. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Call us. You're back on The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. It's a call-in show, so join the conversation. Join us, 855-905-8255. So I got a key question for you, Vicky. Do you think... You've seen thousands of clients. You've divorced so many of them. Do you think people should live together before they get married? Oh, that's a good one. I think from a practical perspective, most of the time, the answer is yes. I think Mm -hmm. that people need to get to know their ins and outs, their quirks. You know, what are their habits? You know, what do you like? What can you work on? Because the beginning of marriage is tough. To, you know, at the outset, why not figure out these issues when you're in this loving, engaged phase, and right. then you can kind of iron it out. So once you're married, you can get off to a great start. So that's kind of my perspective of all the people that I've seen get divorced, and quite frankly, my personal perspective. Because how long did you live with your now husband before you guys got married? Seven years. No way. No, I'm not kidding. You lived together for seven years before you get the itch to get married. Yeah, my husband had the itch. I was fine living together, committed for the rest of my life. Without getting married? Correct. Wow, interesting. That that's, that's unique. How soon do you think people should move in? Oh, I think they need to take time, get to know each other. I don't think you know somebody for at least a year and a half. What do you think? I think two years. My parents uh, were together for two years before they got married, and they told me, Simon, no matter what you do, never, ever get married before living with somebody at least a year because during the seasons, winter, summer, spring, and fall, we change, our moods change, everything changes. So anyway, th- that's that's how I perceived, and that's what I've learned, uh, and, and, and I think you would agree with this, Vicky. Yeah, but a lot of people that are religious, they are, they, you know, or monot- you know, don't want to have intimacy or sexual relations before are really against it. And I understand that. You know, there's an old school of thought that people should, you know, walk down the aisle and then, you know, go consummate the marriage. I'm not there here is. to, yeah, I'm not here to fight that. I just, practically speaking, divorcing people for almost 19 and a half years, mm-hmm. seeing the fights and, and the demise of love turning to hate. I think living together makes a lot of sense. It really creates, it sets you up for success, not failure. I do 200%. Vicky and Simon, we're on the same page tonight on this one. We're not always on the same page on this rendezvous, but but on this one we are. We'll be right back with more of your calls. This is The Rendezvous. Welcome back to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Vicky, you know, what is that fabulous smell of yours? What is it? Oh, ooh la la. Ooh la, oh. yeah, ooh la la. Yes, thank you, Simon. I'm so glad that you have a great sense of smell. Um, this I is do. my hair perfume and body fragrance called Lavish by Vicky Ziegler. Lavish by Vicky Ziegler. And where can you find this perfume if, if one wants to buy it? Yeah, so on the East Coast, it's in all different salons and online at VickyZiegler.com or Lavish by VickyZiegler.com. You can purchase it at either website. Perfect. I got, I got a question about, about, about this. How important on a first date is the perfume, the fragrance, or the smell of this new person that you meet for the first time? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is it to you? Oh, it's a good 9. 
I agree. It's even a 10. Right. Yeah, I th- honestly, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's like that first meeting, you say hello, you kiss on the cheek, you give a little hug. That's the first olfactory, the first smell that you get of this person. And to me, when you smell good and you're sexy and you're clean, there's something so attractive. And if there's a bad odor of any sort, even if somebody takes out a jacket that has mothball smell on it, you're like <laughs> done. Like, it's just, like, over with. So, yeah, you can definitely kill the vibe immediately. Um, and have you had an experience with that? Have you ever gone on a date and somebody just smelled horrible? I did, you know, because it's, it's not so smell horrible because when you said we smell good, we all hope when we get out, we go out and have perfume on that we smell good. But I tell you, two times in my, in my, in my life, my late 40s, the perfume was so strong that I stepped back. And there was nothing I could do about it. So I agree. For me, it's a 10. It's all or nothing. A bad perfume, a bad thing, something. I just, I lose my my romantic impulse. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to talk about how to help Rene, who emailed us to get her husband to do more in the house for her because she's suffering from that. Stay with us. This is Simon and Vicky on The Rendezvous. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. We have an email from Rene from Seattle. And Vicky, she wants to know from us, she says, how can I get my husband to help out more around the house without nagging him? Vicky, what do you say to that? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, I think it's all in your delivery. I would love for you, honey, to help me out in the kitchen today. I'm going to cook. I'm going to wear a sexy little apron, and then we're going to eat, and you're going to do the dishes. And I tell you, if you do the dishes for me, honey, tonight, you are going to get rewarded. And then you make it fun, not a task, not something that you're nagging the other person. You want to make it engaging, and you want them to have a reward, right? There's always got to be a good consequence at the end. So I think that's the enticing part of where people make that mistake. So I agree 50% because men... And, and dogs have one thing in common. If you want a dog to do a trick, you give him a little treat. He'll do it again. If you don't give him the treat, he'll never do it again. Well, if you say to your husband, uh, every time we're going to you know, uh, help me in the hand of the house, I'm going to be sexy, maybe we're going to make love. Well, listen, the next time you ask for something, if you're not in the mood, well, he's not going to do it. So I agree with the way you said it, like it's all about the tone and be kind. I don't think you should give away intimacy or, or or dress particularly sexy. I think it's a matter of equilibrium, Vicky. I think we all have to understand it's 50-50. One cook, one clean, you know, one pay this, one pay that. But I'm afraid if we say, you know, hey, I'm going to be, you know, intimately ready to do more because you start doing the cooking, well, then you put yourself in a pressure spot and every time your man is going to say, well, you know, no romance, no cleaning or no romance, no cooking. And I said that would bother me. So that's my take on this. Uh, You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Welcome back to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. You know, we take your calls at 855-905-8255. And we also answer your emails. And we just got an email, Vicky, from Rebecca from New Jersey. And Rebecca says, I told the guy I'm dating that I was ready to be exclusive. And he said that he isn't. He wants to continue dating, but to take it slow. And she goes, I'm not sure if I should continue seeing him. Vicky, what do you think Rebecca now can do or should do? So the question really is, Simon, is he worth it? And why does he not want to be exclusive? Is he dating other people and she's not aware of it? 
Um, do you think he's going to be monogamous in the future? They have to have an honest conversation. And then she has to weigh out her opportunities. Is this guy going to, you know, can she commit to him and know that he's actually dating other people? Or is this not something that she'd be interested in? So I'm leaning towards she's probably going to have to move on. But I do think she needs to do a little more fact finding before she makes that decision. What do you think? I think she has to move on immediately. Immediately. Mm. Yeah, because when a man tells you that he doesn't want to be exclusive, that means that something is missing in what you have with him, and he is not into you. He just wants to play the field. He wants to make love to other women. He wants to be a player. And he used the American rule of dating about this exclusive talk against you. And I'm from France where the exclusivity starts immediately once you have a French kiss. We are not authorized to not be exclusive once we French kiss a person in France. French women would never let us get away with this. So I would say to Rebecca from New Jersey that you have to move on and give him an ultimatum. It's either, oh, really, I'm not enough for you, then you out. And if he comes back tomorrow and he's changed his mind, you win. So that's just me. And we're going to talk more about it when we come back next on The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Vicky Ziegler, by the way, the one and only the divorce lawyer in America is co-hosting The Rendezvous with me tonight. We are talking about exclusivity. And we're talking about it because the French people have a rule. When it comes to be exclusive, first French kiss, seal the exclusivity. French women would never let a French guy, after their French kissed him, oh, you know, it's not exclusive. That's how early it starts. We don't need to talk. It's the rule. I come to this country 20 years ago. And then I said to the, the girl I you know, first dated then back when, you know, we're exclusive. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And she explained to me for the first time that in America, we are only exclusive when both have said we are, which I think is crazy. And I think it's this rule should fade away. And every woman in America should follow my, my lead on this one and say, maybe Simon is right. Maybe we should stop letting guys dating all over the place and us dating all over the place. And if one is, you know, intimate enough to French kiss you, or if not, at least to make love to you, well, then that's it. So, Vicky, you're an American woman. What do you think is fair? What do you think, when it comes to exclusivity, do you recommend to your clients, to your friends? When should it really start? You know what? It's funny. I mean, coming from such a different perspective, I know so many females that go out and kiss the world, and they are exclusively not purposely not exclusive with these people they just want to go out and have fun so a french kiss doesn't equal exclusivity in this country so i feel like people need to be on the same page and i'm a talker i'm a communicator you know this is what Uh i do i'm a a lawyer i'm a professor you know i teach people about family law marriage divorce so i personally like to talk about things you are of the school that you feel things you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to articulate that and i think it's beautiful i just don't think it's realistic for the way we're raised Uh, i just you know somebody kisses me all of a sudden we're exclusive i mean i'd be in shock and i want to continue when we come back vicky because i want to challenge you on this i try to bring you to my camp of exclusivity starts at the first french kiss and i'll tell you more arguments when we come back stay with us you're listening to the rendezvous with simon and vicky Welcome back to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Uh, We're talking exclusivity. Vicky and I, we have a little disagreement, to say the least. And I feel like I have a disagreement with everybody here, mostly. Here's why. Um, Yes, the French say the rule. It's not even like you said. You French kiss somebody. It's the beginning of the exclusivity. You give it a chance. But you give it a 100% chance. Uh, Vicky just said, you know, that... 
she knows friends of hers, women that wonderful women who uh, kiss around, like you know, have a good time, go out, and all that. So, Vicky, let me go one step further. Should there be a talk of exclusivity after you've made love for the first time, or that should seal the exclusivity? You know, it's funny. I guess what it depends on how old you are and where you are in your life. I think in your twenties. You know, I don't think people are talking about exclusivity if they're having sex. I think they're having sex. They like each other. And, you know, I think they see where things go. I think your 30s, 40s, and 50s, I think things start to change. Um, I was always of the mindset, uh, you know, unless I was in a committed relationship, I didn't have sexual relations. I didn't have sex Mm -hmm. with anybody. That's just me. I had a lot of friends and colleagues that, you know, didn't think it was as big of a deal and and didn't mind it and just like to have sex. So I really think it's a personal um, decision that you have to make and you have to be clear at the outset. What are you doing? You're just going to have fun? Then don't have expectations of of a relationship moving forward. But don't you think to protect the women, it's important to say no more this exclusivity rule starts after the talk, but as soon as we have slept with somebody, that's it. We, we give it a shot for a week, for two weeks, but we don't give a break to men because I'm a guy and I'm older now, but I know what they do. They they sleep with 100 women and you say, it's okay because we're not exclusive. Right, but I would do it before. I wouldn't have sex and then say, hey, now we're exclusive. I tested out the car, you know, and you may not even like it. Um, no way. I'm doing it beforehand because, you're, you know, you're not getting the benefit of me. No chance. So that's interesting. When we come back, I want to challenge you on when we should say it then, really. Okay, this is Simon and Vicky. Stay with us. This is going to be very interesting. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Talking about exclusivity because I can't convince you, Vicky, and I'm I'm from my French experience, that first French kiss sealed exclusivity. And then I challenge you more. I said, shouldn't be then on the first time we make love, the exclusivity clause applies and starts right away. And you said, no way, Simon. You know, it should be like this. It should be done before. But the timing of this, Vicky, is like, your timing is nobody should have sex before to have the exclusivity talk. Is that what you're uh, advising? Well, I think if you want to be exclusive with somebody and you really like them, I think you should talk about it. Um, you know, I, as I said, we are verbal people and we need to know. You speak with your tongue and, you know, uh, you know, in France, <laughs> you know, uh, the divorce rate is the same as the U.S. So some yes. somebody's not doing something right or wrong. I guess the question is, you know what, if you're French kissing somebody and then all of a sudden you begin, become exclusive, are you wasting your time breaking up with all these people because you're not having the discussion in the first place? That's, that's a good point. Yes, we are, I guess. But it's okay. What we want is the exclusive time chance to make it work. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I, I think that what I wouldn't want is starting to date somebody and to know she's going to kiss the next dude tomorrow night. It just bothers me. But that happens, doesn't it, to you? Oh yeah, I know, but you know, I'm I'm very upfront. So and you know, this is something that I'm very firm on. I've said it on on this show. I've said it on other shows. For me, the exclusivity start the exclusivity starts on the first French kiss. And actually, a lot of women that uh, have met or dated like the rule. Now, I'm I'm in my forties. I'm not in the twenties. I know that if you're in your twenties, you want to date a lot, have fun a lot. You're in college and all this. But wherever you are, or even how old you are, how can you really enjoy somebody, Vicky, if you know the next day they can do whatever they want? 
I mean, I'd rather start 100% or nothing. I get it. And that's a perspective. You know, I guess I've been lucky in my life. I've always had relationships and I never really had to worry um, mm-hmm. because I know what I'm bringing to the table. And if it wasn't right or somebody wasn't interested, then they just weren't right for me. So, I, I mean, I guess that's just confidence. And I think you have it, too. You just come from a different mindset. You start off from a different place than than we do as Americans. And I think you're, you're getting molded into our... Um, lifestyle. And I think there's a way to hybrid both so that you kind of can have some fun and then figure out maybe you're going to be exclusive. I just think you're doing a lot of cleanup unnecessarily if you're going to make out with somebody one day and then all of a sudden become exclusive the next. And then in a week, it doesn't work. I think you're wasting a lot of time, in my opinion. No, well, yeah, but I, I feel like, you know, I'm not an easy guy. I don't I don't make out easily. You know, I don't French kiss just just without feelings, number one. And two, can we compromise and, and, and this on this compromise, Vicky? Gotta give me a break. That maybe we should recommend that no one should continue to have sex with somebody who says, I don't wanna be exclusive with you. Can you can you say, Simon, yes, you're right? I think yes, unless people are just looking for sex. That's not me, that's not you, but some people are just looking for sex and don't want exclusivity. But I think the people that are, absolutely, I will end this. Agreeing with you, Simon, 110%. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much, Vicky. More on the rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Stay with us. Simon and Vicky on the rendezvous. We have to uh, to close the night, as we say. Talking about closing the night, Vicky, what do you think, uh, what have you learned from your experience? What is the best way to close the night before you go to sleep? Everybody has a different method. For, for instance, when you, you know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you have this first magic night. It's always uncomfortable to know if the person should stay over or should you say it's okay if you go home. So as a woman, do you prefer to actually after the first night stay over at this new man's place or would you rather just go back to your house? Oh, you got to keep them engaged. You got to go home. You got to keep it sexy and real and they have to want you. So you say, honey, it was amazing meeting you. You're fabulous. I look forward to talking to you (laughs) and um, I'll see you soon. Okay, so so yeah, and I would say do whatever you feel. I'm not that strict on the on the rule. If you feel good, continue and have wonderful mornings and 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 breakfast together. But I get where Vicky is coming from. Um, we are always online, therendezvousshow.com. Vicky, what's your website again? Sure, vickyziegler.com. At all time for divorce matrimonial <laughs> advice. Twenty four seven. 24-7. She sleeps only two or three hours a night, so, you know, she can multitask. And we'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Vicky. Bonne nuit, Vicky. Bye-bye, Simon. The Rendezvous.